Well, we have been abiding all summer long in John 15, verses 1 through 11. It's been an amazing time of engaging in these words of Jesus that he spoke to his first disciples. But what's truly wonderful for all of us at North Creek is that he clearly spoke through these words to your session elders and pastors as they entered into an intentional time of discernment late in 2017 and into 2018. They, in turn, realized our Lord was asking them to encourage the entire congregation to focus on abiding in Jesus. And that's how this sermon series emerged. Each week of this series, we've been taking a particular word from this text and focusing on it. Well, it was a privilege for Diana Kuntz and myself to facilitate this discernment process with your very gifted and faith-filled session And they were listening, listening for the voice of Jesus. And now it's a privilege for me to enter into the flow with you all this summer and focus on the first part of verse 7 and one particular word. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Next week, Pastor David's going to finish this out for us. Ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Well, in verses 4 and 5 of this text, Jesus has been saying, Abide in me as I abide in you. And those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Now in verse 7, we see a shift. He adds something to this abiding phrase. He says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, My words abide in you. Well, we must ask the question, what do the words of Jesus have to do with branches abiding in vines and bearing much fruit? Well, when I was growing up in the Yakima Valley, around a lot of vines and fruit and farmers, I never thought about words being used in successful farming. In fact, it might have been just the opposite. When things weren't growing and farmers went out to yell at their crops, I'm not sure they nurtured them very well. My parents were amazing gardeners, but I'm not sure their words did much to produce lettuce and radishes and onions and raspberries. But here's the gift, friends, that Jesus gives us as he inserts the word words at this point in our text. He is teaching his disciples and all of us how to abide in him. How do we do this? He's teaching us. Well, the analogy of the vine is very helpful to a point, right? But he's now giving us something very practical to focus on in our lives, his words. And that his words matter. He doesn't go into a lot of explanation in this text about what these words are or how they help us to abide. But the gift is there's plenty of places to discover this in the scriptures and especially in John's gospel. As one of my mentors, Gordon Smith, points out, the words of Jesus run like a river through the whole of the Gospel of John. Well, since Jesus is making a shift here, I'll let him take the lead in how he talks about abiding, I began to think that bringing in another vine metaphor might help us out. So bear with me, okay? While in the Yakima Valley, there are grape vineyards everywhere, there's another vine that grows in the valley. 
a cousin vine, I like to call it. And it carries a lot of economic clout in this state, friends. It even had more prominence than the grape vineyards when I was growing up in the valley. Do you know what this is? You are so smart. And did you know, did you know 75% of the hops grown in this nation are grown right there in the Yakima Valley? Yes, the state is the largest producer in the whole world. Now, when I was growing up, I learned that hops had a lot of medicinal purposes. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's what my mother would tell every visiting preacher or elder who ever came to our house. <laughs> we have a lot of medicinal things going on around us. But we had hops surrounding our little farm in the Yakima Valley, so um, I'm very familiar with them. But I'd like to use the hop vine this morning to help us see what Jesus had in mind when he talks about his words. What, is, what he's saying here, folks, is vital to everything in our lives. And that's why we're slowing down this summer with this text. So we catch these features. So today we're going to take a little closer look at what it means to have Jesus' words abiding with us, then to consider what these words are, and finally, to focus on how these words of Jesus can abide in us and truly impact the character and course of our lives. First, what does it mean to have Jesus' words abiding in us? All right, let's return to the hops. Now, a hop vine and shoots begin to emerge from the ground in the spring. The farmer will go out and attend to each one of these plants, like this. Each one. And the goal is for the vine and the shoots to get to the top of that tall trellis, so they're trained together by the farmer to go up the trellis, and it's in a clockwise fashion. This is a very tender process. If you've ever seen a hop yard, they are not small fields. That means every single vine and shoot is attended to. I love this image. The vine and its shoots are branches going up the trellis together. And that really is the first prerequisite, so to speak, to have Jesus' words abiding in us. We really begin and continue on with a desire to be with Jesus and to let him speak into our lives. It's a desire we have. We create space for this. We spend time with Jesus. We recognize that as we let his words into our lives, we're really inviting Jesus himself to abide with us. Because when we hear and take in the words of Jesus, we begin to know the heart of Jesus. But here's the challenging part for us. If we're going to have him abiding in us, then it means his views abide in us. His priorities abide in us. His promises abide in us. Honestly, that is not easy in a world filled with marketing and social media that continually tells us what is important, even what to think and how to act. But that brings us then to our second focus this morning. 
What are these words of Jesus that he longs to have abiding in us? What are they? Well, not far from any hop yard in the valley, you will find some source of water nearby, usually an irrigation canal like this. This is critical as the summer heats up. By the way, friends, if you think it's hot here today, it's 100 degrees in the valley today. And very little rain comes this time of the year, very little. But the hops do need to be watered on a regular basis. So this generally means that a small tube runs down the field below each trellis with water coming through and out of the tube from this canal or, or some sort of source of water. Let's remember, John's gospel opens with the amazing declaration, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And later in the first chapter, John tells us, and the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Jesus came as one of us. And a few verses later, John tells us, no one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son, who is close to the father's heart, who has made him known. Jesus came, making God known to us, the source of life came to us so we could see him and hear him and know his heart. Thanks be to God. But friends, it only gets better. In chapter 3, John tells us God's purpose in sending his son, not to condemn this world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So what we know is that the Word, the Son of God, Jesus, who came into the world in the flesh, will speak words that are redemptive. That is why he came. Then, in chapter 14, Jesus says something about his relationship with the Father when Philip, Philip asked him to show the disciples the Father. Well, Jesus responds in this way. He says, with the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his work. So the words that flow through Jesus come from the Father, the source of all that he says. And through these words of Jesus, we learn in John 10.10 10, that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. And this is the basis for what Jesus says and does, to give us abundant life, not only in what we are receiving, as our materially focused world gets so caught up in, but also in what we're able to give. We can give abundantly. So this source of water that's coming to flow through these hop yards is not coming to just get a small vine and it shoots up the trellis just a tiny little bit. The reality is the trellis is so high because it's not until the vine gets to the top that the real work begins. Friends, there's a reason why those trellises are so high. There's a sweet spot way up there. 
where the shoots literally will shoot out more and the cones or the hops themselves, the fruit, emerge and develop and things really begin to flourish. It's a wonderful thing to watch. It's just vines, just vines and shoots and then all of a sudden the hops begin to grow. But it takes time. We, individually, or as a community of faith, cannot produce this kind of fruit without time with Jesus and coming to know the heart of God the Father. So, what do these words of Jesus sound like? These words that are redemptive and bring us abundant life. Well, I cannot stress this enough. Always, always, they will be words that bring us life. They will touch our hearts in powerful ways like no other words can because they flow from our Creator who knows how to get through to us. They are words, friends, that change us and transform us. Sometimes they will sound like this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Words of hope, encouragement, when we feel out of control or anxious or filled with despair. Other times they will sound like this, as he spoke to the rich man in Luke's gospel. You lack one thing. Sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will receive treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Words of truth that free us from the things that keep us bound up and unable to live life to the full. And then Jesus also speaks words like these from Matthew's gospel. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Words of clarity that show us the heart and priorities of God, giving us direction as God's people. Well, finally, how do these words of Jesus abide in us, take hold in us, and truly impact the character and course of our lives? Well, first of all, that is truly the work of the Holy Spirit. Shortly before speaking these words about abiding in John 15, Jesus says these words to his disciples and to us in John 14, 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. We have that Advocate. And it's important at this point to draw our attention to the Greek word that Jesus is using here for words in our text today. Remata is the Greek word. And it's commonly used in the New Testament for the Lord speaking his dynamic living word in a believer to in-birth faith. Let me say that again. It's commonly used in the New Testament for the Lord speaking his dynamic living word in a believer to in-birth faith. Well, what this says to us about letting the words of Jesus abide in us is that we don't just read the Bible and memorize it 
and meditate on it. We don't just listen to preaching and teaching from the Bible. As important as all of this is, it means that we seek the words of Jesus as living words. Words that come from the lips and heart of a living person. Jesus has new things to say to each one of us here today. To let the words of Jesus abide in us, we need to take steps to keep the living voice of Jesus speaking through the words he spoke in Scripture. Otherwise, they're really just words without life in them. We are each created uniquely. It's really wonderful to stand up here and see that. How unique we are all created. And Jesus has a way of communicating his words to each one of us uniquely. Which also means, and he promised this to us, that we would recognize his voice. And he would help us recognize when it's not his voice. And when we hear the words of Jesus, they abide in us when we respond in faith and in loving obedience to the one who first loved us and continues to love us with such great abandon. And prayer, prayer is at the heart of learning to recognize the redeeming and life-giving voice of Jesus. Lectio Divina, or Lexio Divina, is a prayer practice that comes from the 6th century through St. Benedict and the monasteries and convents of Benedictines, which still exist today and practice this. It is really being recaptured in our own day, partly because we live in a society filled with so much information. So many words coming our way every single moment of the day. And if we're truly to hear the voice and words of Jesus, we need to have a way to attune ourselves to them and to him. Lectio Divina is a way of allowing the words of the living Lord Jesus to shape us and transform us, to inform us and to guide us, to heal us and to nurture us, to take ancient words of the scriptures and allow them to come to life for us today not only in our minds, but in our hearts. Now, Lectio Divina is a simple process. It means taking a few verses of Scripture, asking the Holy Spirit to bring the words to life for you, then simply reading the text, reading it through. What is it saying? Secondly, to read it again and pay attention for a word or a phrase that just seems to be coming to life for you, might be leaping off the page for you, reading it a third time, and paying attention to how this passage is making you feel. What's resonating in your heart because of this passage? Reading it one more time and asking, is there an invitation from the Lord for you today? It may be a sense of direction or action that you're called upon to take, or it may be a word of encouragement or exhortation for you. Well, we're going to engage in this practice together this morning as a community. And on the screen, 
you're going to see here the words of Jesus from Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And this comes from the message version of the Bible. So you may be familiar with it from another version, but this is how Eugene Peterson has paraphrased it in his version, The Message. So I'm going to lead us through this process, and I'd like now to invite us to pray. Holy Spirit, we need you to bring to light for us today what Jesus is saying to us. Open our ears and hearts to hear and know and grant us the courage to respond. In the name of our Lord, we pray. Amen. Hear these words. You can see them, but also hear them. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. If you turn to the inside of your bulletin today, we've been putting some prayer exercises sometimes in the bulletin for you, but the next phases of this prayer exercise are here with some blanks there for you. And as I lead us through these next sections, I encourage you, when something comes from the Lord for you today, to record it. So that as you walk away from this place today, it's not, well, that was a nice exercise. But you remember you have had an encounter with the Lord today. So let me read it again. Listen for the word or the phrase that seems to really resonate and leaps off that page for you today. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The word or the phrase that's resonating for you. So now I'm going to ask us to be a bit courageous. Because we're doing this as a community, I'm going to ask us to offer up that word or phrase just shout it out from your seat or quietly, however you want to do it, uh, but offer it up. What is your word or phrase? Let's hear from one another. How is the Lord already speaking to us today as a community of faith? Your word or, or phrase. In this next reading of the text, what is the emotion you're experiencing as you hear these words? You know, it's not always a positive emotion. It may be something you not necessarily want to feel. But God works through that. So pay attention to that emotion. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly.
Let's try it again. What's the emotion? Let's hear. What is the emotion? As we come to the table this morning, I'm going to read these words a final time as our invitation to the table and encourage you to reflect on this passage again with this final question before you. What is the invitation of our Lord for you today? The invitation from our Lord for you today. Jesus says to us, are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly.